We are Gateway Chapel, where we build your world by His Word. We stand for fun, friendship, fellowship, and family. You are listening to a Pastor Eddie message. Thank you very much for that um, generous introduction. I really appreciate it. And thank you for the opportunity you've given me to come here tonight and um, share with your people the heart and the mind of God, the way it has revealed to me, and the way I believe I will be sharing it here tonight. When I was thinking of what to share, you know, God is committed to sending me to the place he wants me to go, and he also gives me a word for them. If God does not send me, there is no word. And if there is a word, then God is sending me. And you don't need to hear many things for your life to turn around. Just one word from God, one phrase, one example uh, is all you need at times for new things to begin to take place in your life. You know, the Bible says, does this, the outward man perish, but the inward man is renewed. When the inward man is renewed, it shows on the outward man. There was this song we used to sing in Nigeria that says, Jesus on the inside, uh-huh, walking on the outside. You know, so that when he's there, you look fresh and you look sharp at all times. So let's open our Bibles to uh, Psalm 92. And I will read verse 12 to 14. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. I mean, when I was ruminating on what the Lord would want me to speak on, he gave me a very simple title. He says, speak about things you need to know about growth. What are the things I need to know about growth? And I will explain that as we go on tonight. Things you need to know as an individual, as a family, as a businessman, as a professional, as a, a government worker. Things you need to know as it were about growth. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your loving kindness and tender mercies. We open our mouth and we pant longing for your commandments. Satisfy our mouth with good things and renew our youth as the ego. Let your word and your spirit have a free course among us. And let it be that the things that we learn and receive and hear and see, we shall be doers and not just hearers only. Take the glory and all the praise, O God, for everything that will be done here tonight. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I have come to believe after close to 40 years of being a Christian that one of the things that a believer needs more than anything else is knowledge. We need knowledge. Proverbs 11.9 says, through knowledge, the righteous shall be delivered. Which means being born again is not enough. You need knowledge. 1 Timothy 2, 4 says, God will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. I mean, you may get saved, but for you to be saved, you need the word. You need the knowledge of the word. 
Some people think, oh, all I need is let me just answer the altar call, let me just be born again. Once I'm born again, I'm safe. I always say no. Once you're born again, you are saved. But for you to be safe as a Christian, you need knowledge. So knowledge stabilizes you. Knowledge helps you to, to, be, uh, to be stable and helps you to be the kind of person you are expected and required to be. The blood of Jesus washes from sins. The word of God makes us free. The word, I mean, the blood of Jesus sets us free. The word of God makes us free. There's a difference between being set free and being made free. I mean, you can be set free to the, the Bible says in Revelation 12, 11, it said they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So the blood of Jesus has his own place, just like the word of God has his own place. For you to depend on just the blood of Jesus and not talk about the place of God's word is for you not to take advantage of one of God's divine provision, and that is knowledge. Isaiah 33, verse 6, is the knowledge of wisdom shall be the stability of your times and the strength of your salvation. You see, knowledge strengthens your salvation. Jesus said it in John chapter 8, verse 31. Jesus said unto those Jews that believed in him, if you continue my words, then are you my disciples indeed. It's one thing to be a convert, which is when you answer the altar call, you become a convert. But uh, if you continue my word, then are you my disciples indeed? Uh, the word disciple simply means a disciplined follower. And one of the things it takes for you to grow in Christ is for you to be a disciplined follower of God through his word. So knowledge is very important. It's very crucial. I mean, that a soul should be without knowledge. It is not good. Proverbs 19.2 says that the soul should be without knowledge. It is not good, and I think God knows what is good. And so when he says something is not good, you better understand the fact that it is not good. And when something is not good, it's always important for you to stay away from it if you are going to be blessed. You know, Psalm 1, uh, from verse 1 to 3, we always zero on verse, uh, verse 3. But verse 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh on the counsel of the ungodly, that stand on the way of sinner, that sit on the same comfort. Verse 2 says, but his delight is in the law of the law. In the law of the Lord does he meditate day and night. Then verse 3 says, he shall be like a tree. You cannot be without the word. So knowledge is very crucial. Having said that, let me move on by saying this. Not only are we expected and required and commanded to know what we need to know generally, it is also important that you know what you need to know about a particular subject. It could be giving, it could be praying, it could be connecting to other believers, it could be love, it could be patience. You need not just general knowledge about God, but you also need knowledge about anything that you expect uh, to happen in your life. You need to study it. Study to show yourself approved of God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So as we are clamoring for knowledge, we should also clamor for knowledge about certain things because some people assume certain things are what they are not. I remember so many years ago when in those days we were listening only to American preachers preach about prosperity and they gave us an impression of what they thought prosperity was. But when I studied the subject myself, I discovered that what they told us was not up to one-tenth of the truth. The Bible said, you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. 
So you do not just need general knowledge. You need knowledge about any specific thing. And that's why I'm going to speak tonight on the things you need to know about growth. Because there are certain assumptions people have about growth, certain opinions, certain beliefs that people have about growth that are not actually correct. The word of God is what proves everything. So if you want to know what you need to know about any subject, go into the word of God and you'll be able to discover it. So we want to know a few things we need to know about the subject of growth. I'm going to give you reasons why it is important to know what you need to know about growth, about that subject growth. I'm going to give you reasons why it is important and why you need to know what you need to know about growth. I'll be giving you about seven uh, things you need to know about growth after. But let me quickly just talk about why you need to know what you need to know about growth. Number one. <laughs> Number one, the reason why you need to know what you need to know about growth is so that you can get what you deserve. Uh, you deserve, either as a person or as a church or as a family businessman, you deserve growth. You're not expected or required to be stagnant or static or stunted. You're expected to go forward what's great until you become very great. Because Proverbs 4, it says the path of the righteous like a shining light that shining more and more into a perfect day. Number two reason why you need to know what you need to know about growth is so that you can get what you desire. You know, there are certain things we desire. But at times, those desires don't come to pass because we don't know what we need to know about those things. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 10, 24, the desires of the righteous shall be granted. Psalm 145, verse 16, God opens his hand and fulfills the desires of the living. But if you are going to get what you desire, there are certain things you need to know about what you desire so that you can have it granted at its word. It's not just enough to have desires. You need to know what you need to know about growth. Some people desire growth in their business, but it's not happening because what they are expected to know about growth is not well seated in them. And so they cannot give back to growth though they desire it, though they long for it, but it's not happening because they don't know what they need to know about the subject of growth. Number three, we also need to know what we need to know about growth so that we may get what God wants us to have so that you're not settle for less, so that you're not settle for something else in the place of growth. If you know what growth is, it helps you to know what God wanted to have. What does God want me to have, really? There are so many dimensions of growth. <laughs> I always tell people, and God wants you to have all six. You know, but many, many times you don't have more than two or three of these dimensions because we don't know what growth is. Let me give you some six dimensions of growth, just mentioning, by the way. We need to grow up. That's Whatever you're doing, need to grow up. A church needs to grow up. A family needs to grow up. An individual needs to grow up. We need to grow down so that you can have tap roots. We need to grow down. And then number three, you need to grow inside. Character development for the individual. We need to grow inside as a church. Quality of the people that are here, we need to improve their quality. That's a form of growth. Even if there is no increase in number, there may be increase in quality. 
in terms of the people that are within their, their marital line, their, every area of their lives. Then number four, you need to grow outward. You see, many people do not get what God wants them to get because they don't know what they need to know about growth. So to get what God wants me to get, about, get when it comes to growth, I need to know something about growth. You know, growth is upward, growth is downward, growth is internal, growth is outward. Then there is number five that is called outgrow growth. God wanted to outgrow some things. You know, some of us need to outgrow some, some insults, you know. You need to outgrow some criticisms that people have on you. People at times will criticize you. You need to outgrow it. It's not everything people say about you that you make you not sleep or that you bother you or worry you. You need to outgrow it. You need to outgrow the, the love of money. God says he's going to bless you, so why should I, like, pursue it? When God says it will pursue me. You know, when, when, when you begin to grow like you should grow, you, need, you begin to know what God wants to have. Grow up, grow down, grow inside, grow outward, then outgrow growth, then onward growth, keep growing. So we need to know what we need to know, as it were, if we are going to get what God wants us to get. Number four, we need to know what we need to know about growth so that we may understand our part in making it happen. Some people think it's God who will make it happen. And some people think it's me who is going to make it happen. Now, you have your own part in growth. God has his own part in growth. You will sow. God multiply what you sow and brings the increase. But without sowing, there will be no multiplication. So every one of us has a part in growth. In a church like this, every single member, you have your own part in growth. You have your own contribution. You have your own position. God brought you here with gifts and talent. Everyone has a, has a proper gift that God has given them. And so when you come into this place like this, you need to ask yourself, what is my vital contribution? In what way can I make a difference with the talent and graces that God has put in my life? So we need to know what we need to know about growth so that you know your part. You understand your part. As it were. And know what you need to bring to the table before growth can occur. Whatever area of your life we are referring to. Number five, we need to know what we need to know about growth so that Satan will not cheat us out of all that is ours. The devil is a thief. If you don't know some things, he will keep it away from you. Because he comes to steal, don't tend, tend to kill and to destroy. And when you don't know something, you don't know it, you suffer for it. When you don't know how to pray, I remember as a young Christian, I read that scripture, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, verse 17, pray without ceasing. I said, who can do that? So I went to God, I said, you say we should pray without ceasing. Why? He said, because you need it. Simple. I said, I need to be praying without ceasing. He said, yes. He said, look, life without such prayer cannot deliver the dividends of existence. He said, you need to power your life with prayer. And I went ahead and I studied the subject of prayer and I knew, I got to know what I need to know about prayer. So the devil cannot cheat me. The devil cannot tell me I'm tired. He should not tell me my state. I know my state. You know, and I can do all things even when I'm tired. Through Christ that strengthens me. I can tread upon seven scorpions and all the parts of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt. You know, the, the devil tells you you are tired. Now go to sleep. You know when you're supposed to be reading the Bible when you're supposed to be praying? He tells you, ah, you are tired now. Can you do that? Can you go to fellowship tonight? 
Tell him that I'm going to gather with all the children of God according to Hebrews 10, 25. I will not forsake the assembly together of one another as the manner of some is. So when you need, know what you need to know, the devil can cheat you. Whatever he brings on, you're able to, to, to deal with him because you know what you need to know about it. You know, you know what you need to know about. Number six reason. Why we need to know what we need to know uh, is so that we may know what growth is and what growth is not. If you don't know something, you don't know what it is. Something can be decaying and you'll be saying it is getting ripe. <laughs> Your Christian life can be sliding away from you and you say, well, it's maturity. You know, we have been in this church the very foundation. <laughs> A number of days don't count when impact cannot be visible. And how old you are, if that is the only thing left that you are boasting about your age, then you have nothing, nothing much. Because if you are alive, you will grow old. So if that is all you are counting on and not your achievement, then there's a lot of problem there. So we need to know what we need to know about growth so that when we see growth, we recognize it. You know, when you don't know something, you don't recognize If you hear God's voice and you know God's voice and you know what you need to know about God's voice, you recognize this God, this is not the devil. I remember a guy, a young man came to me and said, something said to me, I have a plan for your life. And I, it has been there even before you were made. I said, something? You're calling God something? <laughs> and this is because he does not know what the voice of God is. So he's calling God something, you know? And when you don't know what you need to know, you know, <laughs> uh, the devil will steal from you. And uh, you will not be able to differentiate it from another thing. That's number six, so that we may know what growth is and what it is not. Because some things that look like growth are not growth. And some things that don't look like growth are indeed growth. You know, because if something is growing downward, like the lily, according to Matthew 6, 28, the growth is not feasible, but it's developing taproot. When the palm tree grows downward, it's growing, but it's not visible on the top it. And the palm tree... And like the, like the lily, have very strong roots. The Bible said, consider the lilies, how they grow. And God expects you and I to grow as the lilies. Hosea 14 verse 5. And the lilies develop a root. The lily is 9 over 10 underneath the ground. It can be 1 over 10 on top. So when you know what you need to know about growth, you are not able, as it were, to differentiate it from other things. And then number 7... Uh, well, you need to know what you need to know growth so that you may know the help that you need. Many of us need help. All of us need help, not many. All of us need help in one area or the other. Some people need help with the way they speak. Some people need help with the way they think. Some people need help with, 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 with the way they behave. Some people need help with their children. If, if you know what you need to know about growth, you'll be able to know the kind of help you need and you'll be able to call for it so that you can use that help and be able to experience growth the way God wants you to experience growth. So have those seven things at the back of your mind. I started by saying you need to know. what You need to have a knowledge of the word of God. It makes you stable. It makes you steady. It, it gives you the, 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 the stability that brings continuity. But not just that. You need to know what you need to know about any subject because of those seven reasons I just gave you. Now, in the next few minutes, 
I'm going to give you seven things about growth, which is important to growth. And you need to understand all of the seven. And you need to know how to deploy it as the case may be. Number one is that growth is multidimensional. I just told you the six dimensions. Upward, downward, inward, outward, outgrow, and onward growth. But when I say growth is multidimensional, I want you to understand that these all the seven dimensions I'll be mentioning to you are important for a balanced life. As a child of God, you need all these dimensions of growth, all these areas of growth, all these dimensions of growth. Let me give you the seven dimensions of growth. Number one, we need to grow spiritually. And that is very important. I mean, no one can understand that. I mean, the scripture already emphasizes it. First Peter 2, 2, as little born babes desire the sincere milk of the world, that you may grow thereby. Not only do you grow spiritually, but on that point number one, you also grow ministerially or in serving. You can grow in service. If you are serving in any capacity or one capacity or the other, you can grow in serving. You can see David, he went from being a guitar boy to becoming a war commander, and then he became a king. So growth is available, number one, spiritually. Number two, area of growth is what I call mental growth, the way you think. You must be more creative in the way you think. Your thoughts must be in line with the world. Philippians 4, 8 tells us how to think. Isaiah 59, 7 warns us against ways in which we should not think. Jeremiah 4, 14 warns us against way in which we should not think. You need to grow in the way you think. Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9 said, my thoughts are not your thoughts. We need to begin to learn how to think the thoughts of God. The thoughts of God, thinking in line with the word. The word of God needs to begin to condition your thinking. You know, not, not, not the what is happening around. What other people have gone through, let, you need to grow mentally. You need to become very creative. You know, in the church world today, everybody's repeating what everybody's doing. I tell people in our church, we've done a lot of creative things. We have a driving school, for example, where members of the church can come and learn how to drive free of charge. And that, that's, that's something that will cost a lot of them money. And the only condition for having free driving school for you to be a member of the church, you have to be a member of the church. And it will save you about almost 250000 in Nigeria instead of going to register in the proper driving school. I brought that into existence. So many other things that we have done. We need to be creative. God, our creator, created us his creature that we may be creative. So the third area you need to grow is emotionally. You must become emotionally stable. Fear, worry, anxiety, concern, instability. You need to grow emotionally. You need to be emotionally steady. You know, many of us worry about the things we should not worry for. Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made unto God. You know, we're anxious for nothing. Many of the things we're anxious about are nothing. 
I mean, our God is great, and he has concern for us. His eyes are over us. His ears are glad to our prayers. And he is willing and ready to intervene in every situation about what bothers us. But, you know, we have not handled worry, anxiety. Some of us are worried, worried about our children. We are worried about a, uh, a health case that you have. I mean, I was telling somebody, if you don't get healed, then die and go to heaven. You meet God. I mean, it's not a matter of saying, hey, I'm going if you are worried about anything, that thing will happen to you like it did to Job. Job was worried about what his children were doing. Whenever they had their little gathering, he said, I will have sinned against God. And eventually you see what happened. Then he said, the things that I had concerns and anxiety about, Job 3, 35 and 36, he said, those things have happened. Worry is like a magnet. It, wor it, ma it put that thing towards you that you're worried about. I worry is like a rocking chair. You are into a lot of activity, but no accomplishment. So emotional stability, you need, if you're going to marry someone, let them be emotionally stable. Number four, physical growth. <laughs> physical growth, what do I mean by physical growth? By physical growth, I mean uh, becoming fit, becoming more fit. Instead of one, one pot like I have, you can have six packs. Some people are not physically sound. God wants you to be sound physically. You, you, you need to regularize what you eat, how you rest, the work you do. You will need to grow physically to be fit. So that's a form of growth, physical growth. Your physical well-being. You need to look fresh, neat. You know, you need to look like life is not giving you all the problems that is destroying at you. Then number five, we also need growth financially. You need to be able to afford this year what you could not afford last year. You need to be able to be financially independent. Not just always working for money, but making money to work for you. For as long as you're working for money, you are poor. But when money begins to work for you, uh -huh, that is when you become rich. So we need to learn how to put our life in such a financial structure whereby you can do every other thing you can do because you've taken care of yourself financially. Grow financially. Grow in your career. Whatever your vocation is, ministry, accounting, IT, whatever your vocation is, grow in it. You don't have to stay with teaching in secondary schools. You improve yourself. You get better. And when you get better, you begin to see better things. And then lastly, grow relationally. Relationally. Grow your relationship with your spouse, with your children, with your co-workers, with your church members, with people in your neighborhood. Grow relationally. The word fellowship does not only mean with God, but also with one another. Number two. The second thing that is very important when it comes to the things you need to about growth is that growth is a choice. Growth is a choice. If you are going to grow in any of those areas that I just mentioned, you are going to have to grow by choice. You are going to have to make a decision. You are going to have to choose to grow. Let me say this. Growth is a choice in all, are all areas of our lives. To choose means to select from a number of positive alternatives. It means to decide on or to pick out. 
It means to determine. It means to be inclined to. Growth is a choice. Growth is not automatic. Growth is intentional. Growth does not just happen, it is intentional. It is not automatic. Growth is not accidental. If you're gonna grow financially, you're gonna to have to choose to. If you're gonna grow spiritually, you're gonna to have to choose to. If you're gonna to have to grow relationally, you're gonna to have to choose to. If you're gonna grow physically, you're gonna to have to choose to. If you're gonna to grow mentally. I remember one year in the early stage of my Christian life. I think that was when I was about six years in Christ. And the greatest growth I experienced that year was emotional growth. Because I used to be someone who can get very angry. And when I get angry, I can go for three days without eating anything. I know some people that when they get angry, they just leave this vicinity of everybody. And I used to be like that. And my father was telling me when I was growing up, said, ah! So when you get angry, nobody can beg you. So let's know this, that growth is a choice. If you are going to grow in any area, quality or quantity, attendance or whatever area as a church, you are going to have to choose it. We are going to have to say, these are choice this year. These are choice for the first quarter. These are choice for the second quarter. These are choice. This is my choice. And when you make that decision, it will go a long way. It is not automatic. It is intentional. It is not accidental. And... Uh, we need to make the choice. I don't know whether you made the choice to grow. You need to grow in the way you serve God, in the way you come to church, in your finances. I remember, you know, many times in the body of Christ, people are still arguing about tight, 10%. I don't give 10%, I give 50. That's what I'm going to, and I agree with it. I started with 10, in fact, I started with zero, because in those days I felt when you take my tight from me, you've stolen from me. You know, I think about what I've lost and what I have. You know, but after a while, with maturity, with spiritual growth, I started saying, okay, let me raise it to 12%, raise it to 15%, raise it to 17%, raise it to 20%, I raise it to 30 I raise it to 35 I raise it to 40 Then, last year, I made up my mind that I was going to raise it to 50 And so, I've been giving 50% of my income as tight. I went to a conference, and they were sharing with us people who in their days gave tight. The man, Kentucky, you know Kentucky Fried Chicken? It was at the age of 64 that he founded that franchise. And by 67, he was a millionaire. In three years, what was the secret? The man was given over 50% of his income as tight. Colgate, you know Colgate? He was given 60% of his income as tight. You know Big Beans? The man called Heinz. The man in this time was given 75% of his income as tight. When you see success stories like that, you can learn from them. And according to Hebrews 13, 7, you can follow their faith. So growth is a choice. Number three, growth is a process. Growth is not instant. You can't grow instantaneously. That husband you are quarreling with is a work in progress. That wife you are quarreling with, she's a work in progress. Growth is a process. He won't get there one day. Isaiah 28, 10 says, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, 
here a little, there a little. Growth is a process. It's not something that will be like, bam. Let me say it like this. There is no magic key or pill which can produce overnight growth. Growth cannot occur instantly. We need to have realistic expectation. Before you get there, it takes time. Line upon line, here it lead to the steps of a good man, not the hop, step, and jump of a good man. The steps of a good man are ordered of God. Psalm 37 verse 23, he delights in his ways. It's important for us to know that growth is a process. It's a process. Number four, growth needs a plan. It is the bane of many of us believers that we do not believe in planning. Many times we do not believe in planning for what we desire. But when it comes to growth, we need to plan for it. You need to plan. If you are going to grow physically, you need to plan. If you are going to grow financially, you need to plan. I have five principles that I inherited from John Wesley about money and about giving. Number one, do all you can to get all you can. Number two, do all you can to invest all you can. Number three, do all you can to save all you can. The word of God is not against saving. Number four, do all you can to give all you can. Number five, do all you can to spend all you can. You can't be walking and it's not showing on you. Spend, buy good shoes. Give yourself a treat. At times, I just give myself a treat. You know, I said, look, you have done well. Let me give you a treat. You know, so those five principles are so important. And what is a plan? A plan can be defined as an orderly or step-by-step -step conception or proposal for, for accomplishing an objective. Let me read that again to you. It can be defined as an orderly or step-by-step conception or proposal for accomplishing an objective. When I got saved at the age of 23, I said to myself, I will be a millionaire by the one time I'm 30. Now it took some plan. It took saving. It took investment. Every year I plan what my financial outcome will be. And that will have to involve some savings, investment, some spending, and some giving to God. And the more I give to God, the more he gives back to me. So it involves planning. You know, when you want to grow in any area, if you want to grow, let me give you a good example. In our church, every Sunday, we expect 100 new people to come. Every Sunday, 100 new people to come as first-timers. But you know, for that to happen, we have to plan it. It's not that people will be going on the road and will be catching them with hooks and bringing them into church. <laughs> Our plan kicks off after the Sunday service on Monday. We do some things on Monday. We do some things on Tuesdays. We do some things on Thursdays. We do some things on Saturday. And so on Sunday morning, we are looking forward to see the results. If what we have put in place as plan work for us, then we'll have the 100 people or even more. So plan your work and work your plan. There is no place you cannot get to if you can cooperate with God. Planning is very important, and growth requires planning. 
God is a planner. He has planned so many things in this world. Your life is planned. Whether you know it or not. He told Jeremiah, before I formed you, I knew you, before I brought you forth, I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts. The Amplifier says thoughts and plans that I have towards you. Thoughts of good and not of evil to give you an expected end. So growth is a process and then growth requires a plan. Growth needs a plan. Okay? You want to grow vocationally? When you plan with God's help, your plan is anointed. It's not for you to plan and go to God and tell God to bless your plan. No. You go to God, he gives you the plan, then you dot the I's and cross the T's. It's important. Growth requires a plan. The reason why we don't become what we plan to become or what God wants us to become because we don't plan. Amos 3.3, can two work together, said they be agreed? You and I need to work in tandem with God as to what the plan is so that it can come to pass the way God ordained it. Number five, growth is practical. Growth involves the doing of some practical things. Let me give you this. An erroneous assumption that people have about growing in any area is that they believe that when it comes to growth, pursue growth. Now, how do you pursue growth? Tell me how. What kind of shoes do you put on? <laughs> you see, when it comes to growth, it's practical. What does that mean? It means when you want to grow, you need to develop some self-feeders, some things that will feed that growth. You need to develop good habits, or what I call devotional practices. For me to grow financially, I have to develop devotional practices of saving, of investment, of giving. I have to develop that. So growth is practical. It's not theoretical. It is something that tells you what you do and make a habit of. Let me recommend that book, The Seven Habits of Effective People by Steve Covey. It tells you the things you need to do. You must do some things every day for 21 days. You become a habit. If you want to grow spiritually, there are some things to do. You want to grow mentally, there are things to do. Try to learn how to think out of the box. If this is the way it has been done, do it a different way. Think of better new ways of doing good old things. Do not just follow a multitude for what it has been. Everybody who has become known in this world, did something that was different from what it was contemporary to do. They thought out of the box. And when you think out of the box, I'm telling you, make discoveries. Look at Facebook. Look at, before Facebook came, there were so many things that was there. Social media was there. In a way, but he brought a cutting egg. We're waiting for the next discovery now. Somebody will come with something that will be better. Somebody will come with something that will be I mean, bigger. I remember years ago, I used to argue that WhatsApp, you know WhatsApp for messaging people? I used to complain that it cannot carry heavy files. Like I want to send a video to Pastor Eddie. It can't carry a video, 1.2 gig. But recently I saw another app, Telegram. It can carry 1.5 gig. 
Somebody has improved. Many times we stay on the same thing. No, think critically. Spend time to think. So growth, as it were, is practical. You must feed what you need to grow and starve what you need to die. You must feed what needs to grow and starve what needs to die. Number six is that growth is relational. Growth is not just a product of the good times, but also of the bad times. People who grew in the Bible like Job, they had good times, they had bad times. Daniel had good time, he had bad time. If you see those people who grew in the Bible, Joseph had good time, he had bad time. But you see, all of these things work together for good. For them who love God, who are they called according to his purpose? So there are certain bad times that make you strong. There are certain difficult times that make you courageous. There are certain bad times that strengthen you and make you pray and make you fast. Problem is not always negative in its effect. Some people get better by problem. Some people get bitter by problem. Growth is relational. In other words, the good time, the bad time, some of us will not know God except in the bad time. Because you see, some people prefer to learn by experience. And the Bible says he learned obedience by the thing that he suffered. Some people learn obedience when they are, they are suffering. That's when they learn how to pay tight. That's when they learn how to pray. How did they learn that? In the bad times. Finally, one more thing about growth is that the only source of growth is God. Don't make it something you can achieve. So it's important for us to realize that at the very end of everything, growth is God, or growth is God's evidence in our lives. So what I want to encourage you to do is, seize that word growth, make it a watchword, and progress, and advance, and get better every single day. The word growth means to become or come to be. So am I becoming and am I coming to be? It takes growth to become or come to be. If we have all men to be saved and, you know, come to the knowledge of the truth, there is a process there. Remember those seven things so crucial? Multidimensional, make sure you have balanced growth. Take each area and look at how well you are doing. Father, help us. Thank you for helping us, but also help us to help ourselves. Help us to make commitments and decisions. The type that will make you happiness easier. Strengthen us, refresh us, anoint us with the oil of gladness above our fellows. Lead us to the rock that is higher than us. Sustain us, protect us, guide us. Lead us, oh God, help us, show up for us in season and out of season. And above everything, oh Lord, let your name be glorified in these lives. As they begin to take baby steps at implementing all these aspects of growth, let there be visible evidence of a total transformation. The type that cannot be gained, the type that cannot be gainsaid. And we give you glory and praise for what is wrought among us tonight. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about us at www 
www.gatewaychapel.org.uk. Remember to subscribe so you'll never miss another message like this one. Be blessed.